Hi everyone, welcome back to Gilberto Silva, the Baseball World Podcast Show. And today, wow, what can I say today? Because I have a very special guest. This guy is a legend, but uh, apart from the legend, the football he was in the past, you know, the two champion. He was my idol and he's still my idol. He's still my idol, but uh, also he's a fantastic man, a fantastic person. And I have this opportunity to, to meet him a few years ago. And uh, now I have this fantastic opportunity to speak to him. Rude Hullet. I well, hope thank I you very know. much for your invitation. Uh, yeah. We spoke each other so many times off the pitch now. You know, we travel around the world. Nowadays, we can't. Yeah. It's impossible. I have I had the opportunities of, to be with you for a lot of times also in Brazil during the World Cup to see your country, where your football is coming from. So it's a, it's a pleasure for me to talk with you. Ah, it's, my, it's my pleasure, Ruth. It's great, you know, because I um, grew up in, in Brazil watching play for AC Milan, that fantastic team, you know. Now this is, a, you know, honestly, it's a very special occasion. Despite the fact we had an opportunity to, to speak together, but you know, just uh, asking, you know, some a curiosity I have about uh, about general things, you know, I'll ask you, it's a, based, a natural conversation, but uh, you know, it's very special. You know, I was, oh, what I'm going to ask you, you know, I've been, we've been together a few times, but you now this sounds a little bit different, but uh, the idea is just to be natural, you know, and I uh, hope yeah. I can take it because, you know, you are doing you know, some media for a long time, but uh, Thank you very much once again. And uh, my friend, uh, you know, how does it start for you? you know? Let me go back a little bit. Uh, how was your childhood? You know, back Ooh. in, uh, how was it and how football came uh, into your life, you know, when you were a kid? How was it? No, of course, it was all started with, uh, with your father. You know, he brought you to park and to things, you know, he was playing football as well. And this is how you came in contact with football. Um, then I was playing in a neighborhood, a very difficult neighborhood to play football. That's called the Jordan. It means in French, Le Jardin. It means uh, that's an area with a lot of flowers. All the streets have flowers, but the streets were very narrow. And uh, you could, it was very difficult to play football there, but at least you started there. Then I moved from my 10th year, I moved to the west of Amsterdam. And there we had a big square where we could play. And so I was playing every time when I come from school, I went to the square, playing football the whole time. That's also where I met Frank Reichardt also. So we met each other in the tram because we both had to take the same tram to go to school. So that's where how we meet each other. Yes, 10, 11 years old. So therefore we then we moved and said, okay, come to the squares from the close by. And so that's why we played football every, every day. This is how I got in contact. Um, then I had the opportunity to uh, play for an amateur team. It's called DWS. And uh, that was one of the major uh, amateur team in Amsterdam. And they asked me to, to join them. I did that. The same with Rijkaard. Two of us, we went to that. And, you know, people just noticed us. And uh, we were playing well. And from, uh, from there... The 
The National Federation of Football asked us to invite us to play some friendly matches in order to see if we could cope with that. So we were selected and that is how the old ball started to roll. And uh, it, was a, it was a very beautiful adventure. It was a, a long adventure. I had great time. I also had downs because we didn't qualify a couple of times for a tournament and not the World Cup in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in Mexico, not the, the European Cup. Uh, so we had a couple of times that we didn't qualify with a generation that was okay, but was very young. Ah, that's good. No, it's, uh, I noticed the similarities between uh, you growing up in, in Holland, you know, playing streets and square, like myself in Brazil. Yeah. Because basically, I was, you know, I was there and played together with friends and cousins yeah. on, on school, uh, also in the street, you know, I think this, you know, this possibility to start on a, a different surface, uh, yes. I, for me, for me, it was very, very important, you know, grow up free to create yeah. the way you, you want play football, where we want to practice football, creating your own rules, you know, it was great. Oh, and you make your own rules, because the <laughs> guy who owned the ball, he makes the rules, eh? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it yeah. makes him how long you play, because he will, he will continue playing till he wins, and then he has to go home to eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoever was like a king. Uh, yes, he brings the football, is the king of the castle, so therefore that was funny, and uh, so therefore it all starts there. And, uh, and, and, you know, I was, I, I remember when I was young also, when I was a little bit older, I saw the World Cup in, what's that, 82 in Spain. That was my, was in my opinion, one of the best Brazilian teams ever. Yeah. Okay. I remember to see that team and I thought to myself, oh my God, this is a team that I want to see winning a World Cup. And... I, be, I was fan already of Zico. Somebody gave me a shirt of Zico also. They said it was his shirt. I don't know. Because in those days, you had no name on the back. Eh? You only had a number. But I was watching all these players in those times. And I thought, oh, that, that is what I want also for myself. But the unfortunate thing for Brazil, they didn't have a striker. Because in the previous World Cups, if you see in all the World Cups that Brazil plays, they had always the best striker, yeah. Pele. Yeah. yeah. Then they had Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They always won. They won True. always with good strikers. Then they yeah. won with uh, um, Romario. Romario. Yeah. Bebeto. All these good strikers. Always when they had good strikers, they always won the World Cup. And the only yeah. tournament they had didn't have a great striker was in that World Cup. They, the rest was fantastic. And I was sitting there, and I was a fan of that Brazilian team. Yeah, as you mentioned, this even here in Brazil, you know, everyone say that that team was the best of the Brazil from the whole time. And um, it's so sad, you know, that uh, they 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 did win yes. just to uh, let to make to make sure those guys get the right compliment they deserve, you know. Because sometimes it's, it's so unfair, in my opinion, when the people say, okay, they, they were a great team, but they didn't win. I, I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not good, you know, because those guys deserve all the praise 
Yes. It is, a, it is a little bit, you can compare it a little bit with Holland in 74. They didn't win the World Cup, but they left a legacy a little bit. Yeah. And for me, that team also in ADT left something like I said, oh, that is how I want to play football. That is how I, you know, I saw all these players and I said, oh my God, I want to sit as a junior in there. Oh my God. All these football players, they were fantastic. Tico. And uh, I wanted to play like that, the same, the same way. And for me, for instance, the World Cup that they won with Pele, that's too long ago. I don't, I, you know, I can only see on files, sometimes highlights, but I didn't see it live. Mm. And for me, 82 was one of the tournaments that I really was focused on that tournament. I, you know, 70, 74, I was young. I remember a little bit with Holland. 78 was not the best, but it was okay. But it was not a great tournament. Mm. But 82 was one of the best tournaments where I had, in my opinion, I had I was a fan of Brazil. I wanted them to win. <laughs> and they didn't. And I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. That was tough, stuff, you know. And uh, I, I agree with you. They left a great legacy for all of us. Yes. Yes, um, I think so. A lot of people around the world, you know, how you know football should be played every time, you know, just try to score, try to win, play beautiful game, and that's it, you know. Here in Brazil, you know, as a kid, uh, it was very normal. We have a nickname. Did you have any nickname as a kid when you were there playing football? No, no, no. I'm not really a nickname because my 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 name is Rudy. Okay, Rudy. that's my real name, but. Rudy is like Johnny. It's like John or Johnny. But I was a big guy. So they said, Rudy, you're he's too big for Rudy. So just call him Rudy, okay? Because he was too big. So I played with that name. I played with that name all my life. But my real name is Rudy. Rudy, you don't look, you don't look like a Rudy. You're too big to be a Rudy. <laughs> I'm too no. big to be a Rudy when I was young. So everybody called me Rudy all the time. Well, so that's so it's not a good idea for anybody to try to put any nickname, strange nickname for you. It's not a good idea. Yeah, but in Brazil, everybody has a nickname because yeah. their names are so long. <laughs> the Santos, yeah. the, the, the Nascimentos, the how long are these names? So you need Four. to have a nickname. Nah. Right, how many names? What's your full name, Gilberto? My Gilberto Aparecido da Silva. Yeah, you can't put it on your shirt, okay? <laughs> I know how, how became Gilberto Silva. My first club um, here in Brazil, America Mineiro, we call it. And um, 1997, we were playing second division, the Brazilian Championship. There was another Gilberto. He was a goalkeeper. Ah. And uh, to differentiate me and him, they, they introduced my, my last name, Silva. At more until then, was only Gilberto. But then he came, he was goalkeeper, I was on the bench, you know, he got the preference. Ah. <laughs> ah. Okay. Okay. But that's not bad, Gilberto Silva is nice. No, it's well. good. Because on your shirt, you had Gilberto on your back, right? And on your Brazil shirt, you had Silva. Right? Yeah, but it was quite long, you know, to put a Gilberto Silva. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know what the funny, I was asking you also, yeah, I've been to Brazil, I've been to matches. I've, I've saw some matches in Sao Paulo, I watched a, 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 a derby, I still don't know who was playing, but it was. But the thing is, 
how hot is it in Brazil, okay? I saw them going for 20 minutes full and then it was too hot. It was almost impossible to play, uh, you know, high grass also. And the thing is, is that uh, people are so passionate about the football, but it is difficult to play under these circumstances where it is too hot. How did you cope with it? Because I know to play under a certain heat is okay, but sometimes it can be too much. Yeah, no, it's hard. Really. Uh, people, uh, special, especially European people, don't really understand when, because they start to compare the pace of the game. Oh, Brazil, the game is too slow. You know, that is a way to make it faster. I say, okay, if you go there and uh, support the heating, it's fine. Yeah. Because it's hot. The, the, this is one problem, you know, to, to have yeah. a, say, a fast game. But even though by this, you know, people, we adapt to it. You know, because we were born here. Yes. We have, we have no other way. The other uh, hardest thing is the logistics in the culture. You came here in the World Cup. I don't know if you have an opportunity to travel around. You know, the country is massive. It's like a country. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. If you have to fly from south, up north, or vice versa, you know, it's a nightmare. And yeah. most of the clubs, when they play the, the first division uh, Brazilian championship here, or second division, not many of them uh, fly uh, private. This is another. Uh, oh, okay, so you have to go with uh, with uh, with everybody. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah. 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 But we adapt to it, you know. Yeah. But um, there's no other way. We we train, you know, in this circumstance, and we learn how to cope with the heating. Uh, sometimes the grass is not it's not like this. It's high. You know, some friends, <laughs> some friends used to say, you know, in the past when they went to cross you now as a right back, you now he received the ball, he was running. When he crossed, a rabbit. Just fly. <laughs> <laughs> it was too high. <laughs> yes, it's true. I saw it. And and, and 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 you know what I saw also? That was also funny. I was with this derby, and there was always some moment, there was always tension on the on the on the stand. Okay. Yeah. People get a little bit tension. On the moment there is something going on, immediately the police come. <laughs> With the shield, and everybody's immediately sit down, and nobody continue. So yeah. there is authority there eh? because the police doesn't ask any questions. If they see something, they just beat the hell out of you, yeah. and then you get off. So everybody was immediately like, "Oh no, 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 nothing happened, nothing happened," and everybody sits still again. But funny thing is, the comments of the of the crowd because they were they have a cynical way of of talking about the players sometimes. You know, they laugh sometimes about the players when they make mistakes, how it's possible. And it was funny to see. It was a, it was a great atmosphere, but I had to laugh about the fact that, yeah, if the police comes in, oh, everybody's silent immediately, stops, <laughs> and everybody wants to see the game again. Yeah. 
Good. Uh, what's your memory from your first uh, professional game? How was it? Because, you know, I, I read here you start at Harlem, the first yes. professional. And, uh, you know, like for me here, America Mineiro, you know, you know this is so special for us, very important, the, the initial process. But then, you know, at some point, okay, yeah, it's my first game. How was it for you? It was, uh, I was 17 years old. And I uh, had to have my debut for the first time in a stadium. And of course, that this is this is your goal as a football player, to play as a professional, even though it was a small stadium. And I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was uh, I played well, played a good game. Uh, and of course, when you're 17 years old, you know, you, uh, a week after, two weeks after, I was coming 18. You're not playing as consistent as you normally do. So after five games, you go with the second team again. You learn a little bit from playing and everything. And then the next, and then at the end of the season, I was coming back a little bit. And uh, for me, it was important. And the most important was uh, a guy called Buddy Hughes. He was a Welshman who was a coach at Harlem. He believed in me, and he he wanted to he wanted to help me to 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 make me you know to to become a better player. So I owe a lot to this guy, who was chasing me all the time to John Harlan. Nice. So do you remember how it happens? How you kind of, do you remember like the day yes. how you found out? Tell us about the day, kind of how you found out that you were actually going to play and how you felt. Um, now you're going to, you know, you, in the beginning, it was the first game. And you, can, you can feel it, okay? After a while in the, in the training sessions, you know, then he tells you, okay, you're going to start. And the funny thing is, after my career, I met a lot of times with, with him and uh, he was a very, very, uh, you know, funny guy as well, funny person. And he, then he told stories, he says, oh, you were in the box. Then the, the, the opposition was crossing the ball because I was a sweeper, eh? I was yeah. a defender. I was not a striker, I was a defender. So I said, okay, oh yeah, the ball came. Move than me, I was play forward and came back. <laughs> yes, but I was a defender. And I so I was on, and then he, he said, yeah, the book, the opposition was crossing the ball, and in the box you were playing, you get the ball on your chest, and you just played easy and like this. And I can't remember one of these things, but the thing <laughs> in their mind, it was like I was amazing, and I yeah. can't remember that those things because you are so focused on mm. your game, you try to do as well. You, you, you don't think so much of the team. You think in the beginning most of your own. You know your own performance. It's too early yet We're too to, to do that. Well, I guess much too nervous. You can trying to don't fuck up. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, because you, you are you, you, you know it's it's very difficult because later on when you become uh, older, when you when you are um, talent off, that's where you start to think about the team effort. And that, and that comes later. And then you think, oh, okay, you know, you need to help your players, you need to help the team. You, if you're not in a great shop, uh, uh, shape, you cannot continue dribbling till you lose the ball. If you're not in a great shape, then help the team. Just, you know, try to tackle, try to get the ball back, give it to the ones who are in form. And that comes all later. You yeah. mentioned being a sweeper, because obviously you can say I'm a Chelsea fan. Yes. Uh, as, is, as is my son. His bedroom looks like the Chelsea megastore is thrown up all over it because you started at Chelsea as a sweeper right yes I you know after my career I wanted to go back to my roots uh, I always had to adapt myself I played as a 
nou, sweeper, uh, midfielder, right uh, midfielder, right winger, and as a striker. So therefore, <laughs> the good thing is that for that reason, I am good in, uh, in uh, FIFA, yeah. FIFA games, E-team. Right, I've, I've got a bit of a favour to ask you once you finish the podcast. So my son is a FIFA you man. See? You see my team? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> FIFA team. It's team good. So no. I wear it all the time. So, and so that's why I'm good in that, because I played so many different positions. Yeah. And I had to adapt myself, learn a, a, a lot. And that's what you do. And that's why when I came back to Chelsea, I wanted to play as a sweeper again. Yeah. Because then you moved up. Was it Glenn Hoddle? Was Glenn Hoddle the coach? Glenn, yeah. yeah. It was funny. I was playing with Glenn in, in the beginning. And I was, I remember one of the first games and everything. You know, the, you know, when you play these games, in those days, England was playing still the long ball. Long ball. So I can see with the experience that when a long ball goes over a striker, I know. So then I took the ball on my chest and then I played it to my understopper. <laughs> so half time, Glenn comes to me and says, Rudy, I know what you're trying to do. And <laughs> it's okay, but not, not here. Not, 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 not <laughs> this Chelsea. Please, Rudy, can you play in midfield for me? Because you bring my players in difficulty. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, okay, I have to adjust myself again. Yeah. So therefore, I had to play in midfield again. You know, you mentioned one thing, but one two things. Yeah, I I, I catch from your words. You now, the beginning, your father, and then the coach uh, that influenced you. You know, to play football and uh, gave you, you know, the good support. Uh, before them, you know, for example, the coach, the coach, for example, you you have any doubts about? Uh, Am I good? You know, I'm okay. As a coach? No. Before he, he mentioned to you, you know, give you the support. Oh, I believe you and yeah. uh, help you. I have to position like this. You have any doubts about uh, your game? No. Because, of, uh, because at the beginning, you know, we face a lot of difficulties. And sometimes when we are, we are young, sometimes you get, you know, not everyone are 100% sure that this is what they want. They are going to do everything to... I understand. No, no, no. I had a goal immediately when I was young. And uh, I, I made also from a, 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 an odd situation, I, I took advantage of a certain situation. Because in my days, I was one of the few black people who was playing in a team. So most of my teammates were all white. So... If you stand out, if people see a black player, only one black player, they, they look at you. And I knew that. And I said to myself, okay, I stand out means I have to be better than the rest. Because if I make one mistake, they will say, ah, that black guy can't play football. Or that black guy is not good enough. So I knew that because I stood out, I have to do always more my best than the rest. That attitude helped me during my whole career, always to be try to be better than the rest. And uh, that would be also with a guy who's red. When he's a red-headed, and people will notice him. If he's good, they will say, ah, he's a good guy, good player. Only because he's no, you know, they noticed him. So from that situation, I took a lot of advantage, always asking more and more and more and more from myself. You have, uh, you know, your first club, you know, some players you have seen, you know, your, from your generation at the beginning at Harlem, 
you may see somebody good talent, but then in the end they didn't have like, for example, the the career you had. Yeah. As I I have the same experience. In your opinion, what is the the, the was the key factor for them? Oh. Uh, you know, if you can say something like this, or something we may, um, I don't know if it's correct to say, but something that you have done, maybe you see that they miss something more they should have done in the past. I understand. Sometimes, you know, when we were playing on the streets, everybody yeah. was the same. You know, you, you, you didn't see any difference in anything. Maybe other people who was looking from outside, it was. The thing is with talent, it's always what you want to do for it. The talent itself is not enough. You need to work it. It's like a rough diamond you get in your hand. You cannot sell a rough diamond or whatever. You have to polish it. You have to sharpen nice and shiny. That's a lot of effort. That's the same also with your career. And sometimes you come to a point where some uh, uh, people have other interests. They want to go to have to go to the bars. They want to go to the discotheque. They want to do, see the women. They want to go out. And when they were doing all these kind of things, I was staying at home and I was just already living almost as if I was a professional because I had a goal in my head. And I think that that is the difference. How much do you want to do for it? And I say that to a lot of talents. I said, you can have a talent, but there is always somewhere a boy that maybe is less than you, but he does more for it. He lives for it. He works hard. He does extra work. He goes he goes with a coach. He says, ah, coach, can you teach me some technical stuff? Oh, he does always something extra. And so that's the reason why these people always come, come out and they become great players. And some of them, they don't have the mentality. They think that it all comes easy. It comes like that. And it doesn't. Yeah. So... And I remember that the first coach always told me, I remember Mr. Barry Hughes, he told me, Ruth, never ever regret something you didn't do. Never ever. Always give everything in order to make the best out of your career because if you don't do it and you regret it, you can't come back, eh? Yeah, it's a true story. There's also the other saying, which is um, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. No, yeah, exactly. You have to do it yourself. And how much there's always somebody, uh, somewhere or another guy who works harder than you. So therefore you need to put effort in, in, in your game. You need to polish it. You need to do extra. And it will come, it will come for, uh, by itself. And uh, I tell that to a lot of uh, uh, young kids in school. Sometimes I, uh, I talk with them and, uh, but you know, how much do you, how much hunger do you have? And what of course, what you prefer, what are you prepared to sacrifice for? Yes, and that's why a lot of kids from poor neighborhoods, poor backgrounds, they they strive, they have that goal, that hunger, in order to do it, you know. Yeah. And in in Brazil, you have a lot of people who come from poor areas. I come from a society in Holland. We we are all it's small. It's a rich society, and there's a lot to do. And for that reason, sometimes, you know, we get it. Even though we have a lot of talents, because we are very proud of the fact that the talents, but most of the time it comes to the mentality. Too easy, you know, too easy. The life is too easy. And when you come to the best talents in the world, they all come from a background that is difficult. 
they know how to fight and how to get out of struggle. Yeah, because it's just, Gilberto, you talk about that quite often because obviously you gave up football to care for your mum and then went back to it when you were a bit older. Yeah. I won't tell your life story, I'll let you say it. because you, Oh, you know, that's me. interesting. Can you imagine? That, that, that's that's a lot of offer eh, to do it. No, it's, um, yeah, as you say, you know, the mentality is, is very important, you know, to have a goal and then know exactly where you want to, to get. You know, uh, I came in my first club, America, I was 16 years old, I did a try and pass. Everything seems to be perfect, you know, okay, I, I was in, like in the honeymoon. Now I'm uh, having fun. But uh, it was hard, you know, to cope with the mentality because I come from a small town, come here to, to the capital, and the mentality from my village, and it uh, was a bit strange at the beginning. But then after five months, you know, the family was in difficulties, my mom was ill, and uh, I felt by myself that I had to go back to, to work and help family. I have three younger uh, sisters, and uh, as a boy, you know, the only boy. Ah, uh, you are the, yeah, the master of the house, eh? you have to take care. Yeah. Eh? As the only boy, I'm, you know, the, the, the older at home, the older son, and uh, decided to go back. And uh, for two and a half, three years, you know, I, I worked. No. Practice, you know? No. And, uh, yeah. For two and a half, three years. From basically 16 and a half, something like this, until 19, I was working in a switch factory and oh. play amateur football. Oh, you still play then every Sunday? So you yeah, play, you yeah. still play. But how did you get how did you get back again to professional football? How did that happen? Yeah, this was you know the one thing you say about no regrets, you know, about anything. When I come I, I complete 19 years old. I decided, listen, uh, that I want to go back to football. Things at home just settled down. You know, okay. My mom was better. Thanks God, she's still alive. And um, I made my decision. I left the factory in December, more or less, not back in 1995. And then uh, in January, I did all all my training by myself. I didn't have any any personal fitness coach or manager, nobody to help me. I just did by instinct from what I've learned in five months I stayed there when I was 16 to 17 years old. And for one month, I did very hard in the morning. My life was, you know, preparing my body, my physical condition to uh, be part of the team. In my mind, you know, I set up my goal. Listen, I don't have their ability. I miss yeah. a lot of time here. But one thing I have, uh, I want it a lot. I have my uh, goal. I want it a lot. Mm-hmm. May I don't. I can miss something for for quality, maybe technical quality, but not for physical condition. I knew some somehow that I need to be fit. And also, the decision to come back was because I didn't want to get the age I am now yeah. and look in the past and regret. Oh, no. Yes. That's the it worst. It was very important for me at that time. Because if I haven't done that, you know, I would miss this great opportunity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
But that is that's unbelievable to miss two and a half years. That's amazing. In an age where it's the most important thing to play football, eh? yeah. that is where you a lot of things you learn in that part of your age. So to become the football player you became later is an unbelievable achievement. Eh? You realize that, eh? because you, yeah. a lot of people would not make it. It's very, it's, a, it's, a, it's unbelievable. I didn't know that story. So yeah. I have to tell people and youth this story and to say, look, this is how much hunger, if you have the hunger, you still can achieve it. So that's good. You know what the funny thing is also? I remember when he, he played football, when I saw him, he made me think always of the, of the team of 82, him. Gilberto, he has this face of of that old Brazilian teams as well. You have a lot of players. He that they have the his face, and I remember the first time I saw him, it was almost like I saw the Brazil that I had in my mind when I was a young kid, and I remember him, and I said, oh, I have to follow this guy. I have to see this. And when he played with Brazil, I said to myself, Oh. This is a typical Brazilian player, especially in the midfield, okay? He was a, a, a football player that I admired. So I followed him, and especially when, I, when he went to Arsenal, I could follow, I could see him every day. You know, every week I could see him. But I remember that his face was always the Brazilian that I had in my mind, okay? Because Zico, that's not the typical Brazilian player, the look, okay? He had other players who had that typical Brazilian player that I always was looking up to. So for me to see, now to know that he stopped two and a half years to take care of his mother, look, I take my head off. I will bow for you, Mr. <laughs> Gilberto Silva. And I said, look, you've done something. I think that, I think that God was with you. Eh? I think that he, the universe was good for him. Yeah. But it's got, like, it's, like I said to you, it goes to show the sacrifice he did and what he did by himself. So he went up, sorry, talking like he's not here. He trained by, by himself, you know, his instincts, you know, yeah. a trainer or a coach. Just went, I've got to do it. And that's that's the attitude that wins you the fucking World Cup. No, I mean, of course it is. It, it, look, it's the hunger. I, I say it to so many people. It's the hunger you have. How much do you want to sacrifice to go where you want to go? And sometimes... There is, of course, talent, but talent itself is not enough. He told me also, I had to work myself. I had to get back in shape. I had, to, I had no coach. I had to do all these kind of things myself. So this is amazing if you see what kind of career he has got out of that wilderness, you know, about willing, about the, the, the stamina and all these kind of things. Yeah, amazing. Good story for me to tell the youth here yeah. in Holland. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare for me to stop talking and whenever Gilberto tells that story I just sit back and kind of smile and go yeah because for me it's the first time I hear it and I'm thinking to myself oh my god that's that's unbelievable that's a story that I want to tell kids a lot and and sometimes they cannot relate to it because in Holland a lot of things are we have you know we have a very rich society we have our things but you know it's all coming to the, to these kind of uh, situations. What do you want to do for it? Well, I think yeah. it's a good story to have to tell kids that are left 
from academies when they left asked to leave an academy at 16 is, is proof that you can go on and win the World Cup. You know, you don't have to give up, fight for no. it. No, no, that's why I envy him also. World Cup, I don't have that one. I've just, I've just got most improved player in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I want to ask you better also. So I said, yeah. why is it that most Brazilian players have a lot of technique? Is that because we play on the streets ourselves as well? We do it also. We try all kinds of tricks. But why is Brazil so much talented on that part than any other country? Why is that? Well, Rudy, um, you know, as a kid, uh, especially my generation, you know, I think has changed a lot. But it's still we can see uh, young kids, they play out on the streets on a um, surface, which is not very good. Good. Yeah. They try back to this, this kind of uh, pitch, you know, because they want to play football. And uh, in the past few years, um, one thing that has happened here in Brazil, because the, the bigger cities are become bigger and bigger, the small fields are disappearing. Oh, there's this, no space for them to to to, to, to play. Yeah, in, ma in many places you now they are like say for the economical part of uh, the society they are destroying this place and building blocks of flats, apartments, whatever they, yeah. they they want. And uh, some of these these small fields, you know, like in favelas, in some uh, uh, poor neighborhoods, are disappearing, and this. Uh, comes also with uh, the disappearance of uh, like amateur football, where yeah. they, those guys they didn't play professional, but they were there. And somehow, from time to time, somebody out from nothing, like myself, for example, yeah. from this amateur football and uh, play for a big club, you know, because they were there practicing uh, twice a week. Let's say they have a training session. Yeah. The way they have to do, but to play uh, the, their competition. But uh, from time to time, you know, step by step, these small fields are getting less and less. This is yeah. so serious. And um, I, I can see it very often. My hometown, for example, uh, when I was there, play working the factory, we have like uh, six to seven amateur clubs. Now you cannot have one properly. You know, the kids, they have an um, academy, I think one or two academies, but they miss a lot of the competition. Yes. Not now because of the moment, but uh, before the, this pandemic. I think this is one aspect that um, somehow, you know, when they grow up in this condition, they have to do everything they can, you know, to, to become better. And this, I think, is one of aspects, you know, that because we adapt so fast. Yeah. And we play in a not a very good uh, condition you now in terms of uh, feet help us to adapt fast to the condition we we face. And when you have like a state like Arsenal, for example, <laughs> it yeah. came quite easy. I, I remember also I played on the worst pitches in the world, Echt world. <laughs> and if you see these pitches, they were horrible. And the thing is, we played. And yeah. if you if you can't play on the ground, you have to play in the air. You know, you just keep the ball uh, and not on the okay. And so you adapt, like you say, you adapt to yourself. But nowadays, here in Holland, we have a lot of plastic turf. 
what the hell is that? Plastic. And now at least they understood that, you know, you can't play on plastic. Here in the, in the, in the highest competition here in Holland, Eredivisie, there are teams that play on plastic. It's impossible. What is kind of football weather? is that? Is that because the weather gets so, so, it gets so cold? It's no. Look, for amateurs, I can understand because you can always play. Okay? Yeah. And there's a less damage. In, but for the, for the professional clubs, everybody should play on, on just grass. Okay? That's what it is. And a lot of teams now, they come back from it because there's so much uh, 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 things against it. But now a lot of clubs change it again to grass. And the thing is also why they did it is because for a, a, a professional club, when they have plastic turf in the stadium, they don't need an academy because they can always train in the stadium. So that yeah. saves them money. But when they save money, with the money they save, they buy new players. Now they have so many players, okay, <laughs> but they have no good pitch. <laughs> yeah, so therefore, it, 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 you know, and but we want people, we want you know them to play again on on difficult pitches. And I, I understand when you have difficult pitches, you have that you have to adapt yourself, and that makes it, I think, the technique better. Yeah, Stanford Bridge yeah. was off, yeah. wasn't it? In the beginning, but then uh, later on, it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I played on, on on pitches that was awful. Uh, sometimes no, we not even grass on it. But you know, you you were not moaning because you wanted to play football. Who cares yeah. about the pitch? The worst part was when they suspend the game because of the pitch. Oh, when I was a young kid, I could, oh, my whole weekend was ruined because <laughs> I couldn't play. It didn't matter if it was frozen, if it was snowing. It didn't matter. I wanted to play football. Amazing. Yeah, no, this was so important for us, you know. Yeah. Care about that. No. Uh, the condition no. just want you to have fun and enjoy. <laughs> yes, that's what yeah. you wanted to do. Ruth, uh, what um, you know the the impact, you know, it was for you, you know, the impact of the family on your career and your life, you know, how and also. Uh, from your experience, what you can uh, you know share with us, and because I'm sure when people listen to it, you know, learn from your experience, it'd be important for them to uh, compare their life and see what you know the, the importance of it for you. you now I know for me how important my family was for me, and as you we, we know, yeah. I know you, you know, a family person. How was it for you? You know, I, because. Uh, This football industry sometimes go, you know, things is crazy. Especially yeah. what yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changed so fast. You need a safe haven in, in, in your family. You need at home when you have you need to be safe. Because outside, uh, especially when you become a, a, a very famous, good player, everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody wants. The first thing what you learn when you become a football player and you become also good is to say no. Because every journalist wants an interview. Everybody wants to have you to open a shop. Everybody wants you. Everybody wants you for a television program. Everybody wants you to do. And after a while, you think to yourself, hey, where is my life coming? You know, I'm only going from this to this. I said, no, no, no. So then you have to say no. If you say no, all of a sudden people don't like you anymore. Because the journalist doesn't like you, he's arrogant. No, it's not about that. It's about protecting your privacy. 
to say, no, I want to make boundaries around that because I need to have a life myself. And also journalists wants to make a career over you, over your back, okay? If you don't participate, you're an asshole, okay? So then I listened to myself and said, hmm, I don't care. The only thing for me, what is important is that you respect me. You don't need to like me. I don't need to like you, but you respect me. And if I make my boundaries, that's what it is. If you can't live with it, it's not my problem. And the only thing I was doing was all the time having fun on the pitch because the most important thing for me is fun. I know the time when Milan was work, we had to work really, really hard. But I also had fun in the things that I do. And I, if I don't have fun, I can't express myself. So therefore, as long as I could have my expression and I could have fun and I played my games, then nobody could touch it. You could do your interviews, you could do your things that you needed to do, but not over the top. You say, no, I can't do this. No, I can do that. So therefore, for a lot of football players, the most important thing is to, to learn how to say no. It's very, very important you know, to, to do it in life. Yes, you know, not only for protection, but it is about life, you know, you have to say yeah. no sometimes. As we heard many times, no, you know, you got frustrated many times when people said no to us, but you have to say, you know, as well, in order to, to do something that uh, suits suit us, you know, make us happy. Otherwise, Look, people just get into our life, you know, without permission or yeah. without permission. Yeah. And the thing is, some people want to be always be liked by other people. No, that's not important because... People like you because they do. you do something that they like. <laughs> it's not what you like. No, they are like you because you do something. Oh, this is a nice guy because he did this and this, this. No, it's about I want you to respect me. I cannot do all the things you ask me. Maybe I can do one thing for you, but not all the things. And if I say no, this time I can't do it. I have other things on my mind. Okay, you can be angry, whatever, but at least respect me. And that's what you need to learn. And also don't take notice of what people say about you. It is not important. It is, it is not important. It's, you know, you have to be of Teflon. It glides off your shoulder. All the cricket <laughs> and glides off your shoulder. Just, you know, just be relaxed in your own cocoon of your family, your friends. And that is important. Choose your friends very carefully during your career because you, you know, there's a lot of sharks around you eh, when you're a good player. Eh? They all want to make something and money out of you. you they all want to use you. So be careful. Yeah. Oh, it's important. It's important because there is a lot of challenges. We, you know, growing up, play football. As long things you know, develop or not, we face yeah. a lot of challenges. You know, it's, uh, it's very normal. Uh, challenging uh, in there, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Oh. But, yeah, you know, you have to... Oh, to yeah, I know. I saw them all. All the, all the sharks around me. <laughs> Every day. What, uh, what were the, more, uh, the, the biggest challenges you faced, you know, growing up, playing football, in the clubs you played, you know, different clubs, you know, different mentalities, culture as well? Uh, the challenge is that when you reach a certain level, 
is that to keep that level, that is the most big, the difficult part of being a football player because you can't be 30 games all the time the same. It's impossible. Uh, you have your biorhythm. Maybe you have stress in your head. Maybe something happened in your family. There's all kinds of things that happen with you. And you are not a robot. So to, 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 to continue all the time to, 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 to retain that level is the most difficult challenge of all. So therefore, you need to all the time take as many rests as you can, but especially mental rest. Okay, the mental rest is so important because everybody have expectations of you. Your fans, they expect you to, to, to do all the time the same thing. And sometimes it's not there. There's an opposition who tries to stop you as well. There's a lot of things that's going on. And so therefore you need to, you need to, sometimes you need to go in your cocoon, in your own people and rest and try to relax as much as you can in order to perform. But to Keep that level is the most difficult part. How did you do it? How did it? Sometimes it was hard. Uh, I remember in 1989, I, uh, I had injury. I had to stop almost for six, seven months. Eh? And uh, I had a, a cartilage problems in my knee. And after I came back, I felt that I was different that something was missing in my knee. Before that, I was very good in free kicks. I could bend it. After that, I couldn't do it anymore because my knee was missing something. So my knee was always trying to, you know, the muscles were trying to keep the knee as tight as possible. So I couldn't bend it anymore. So I knew that it was different. And the first thing I, when I noticed that, I said to also to journalists, look, I'm not the same anymore as I was, but I will do my best to be as close as possible. That takes the pressure off because otherwise the expectations are too high. After an injury, it can be very, very, very difficult to come back at the same level. Yeah. I, sure, please. you had knee problems as well, didn't you, Basil? Sorry? You, sorry, you had knee problems as well, didn't you? Yeah. No, I still, I still struggle with my knee, but <laughs> it's a long way. <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had 10 operations eh, on both knees. Eh? I had five, five during my career. Mama mia. No, 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 I had no, no, sorry. I had three during my career and two after. And then I had left, then after that, my left knee, <laughs> five operations on before I get that. Now, knock wood, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. I you know I I cannot run anymore so much because you know it's like there's no cartilage. I have no pain. I have I don't have that. But I I know that you know I kind of run in it. And for me, sometimes I see images of myself of the of the old time, and I said to myself, was that really me? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't remember anymore how that feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so is I, it I don't know. I have no clue how that oh, felt. It's, it's horrible. Say that, you know, for example, you use when you look, you know, and of course, some, somehow, you know, um, automatically we compare just a little bit, you know, and sometimes quite nostalgic for yes. us, 
back and see now things we did so easy and now things has changed. You know? Of course, you know, uh, having many surgeries is not so easy. No. I had a few and still struggling. You know? uh, how, how have you dealt you know, over the past years you know, with the, the frustration you brought? You know? Because when you get frustrated, you know, as a football player, the mentality, we always try to find you know, a good way to yeah. overcome the frustration. How, how you, do you do No, I, 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 I didn't have any frustrations. I, um, I had a good career as a football player. I was happy with what I'd done. So no regrets. So every, yeah. everything went well. I was happy. Um, and the only thing is, is, is try to say to yourself, okay, you know, now, because, you know, professional sport is not healthy. It's not. You know, there's always something because you squeeze your body so much in order to perform, and that can hurt. Sometimes some people have hip problems, some people have knee problems, some have ankle problems. There's always some problems that you uh, get after your career that you feel. You know, you come in the morning and you think, ah, oh, my back is that, ah, oh, it hurts here. Would I do it again? Of course, I would do it again. <laughs> if I have the opportunity, I would do it again because there's nothing better than to play football. And this comes with the territory, all the injuries after that, that is that is normal. And some and the worst part is what I hate that the small players never have anything. I hate <laughs> them. All these small guys, ah, they have no problems, no knee problems, no nothing. You know, I was way. 90 kilos eh, when I was playing. 90 kilos. This is a lot because a lot of players of my height, like Maldini, 82 yeah. kilos. I had to be on, on the scale every week in, in Milan when I came in order to say, how is it possible this guy have eight kilos too much? And they, they, they measured me with Milan. I had no fat, nothing. And I couldn't understand. Then the year after, Frank Rijkaard came. And he was 91 kilos. I said, okay, <laughs> leave these guys. They run like they run like hell. <laughs> Who cares if they are 90 kilos? But that was that was my weight when I was playing football. And even players nowadays, they don't weigh like that. Maybe, maybe Ibrahimovic, maybe. Maybe. But not many players weigh 90 kilos. Eh? You must have had five kilos in your dreadlocks. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> 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 That's something special. I could not take out from that time. You know, it's uh, like the trio, you know, the, the, the that trio. You know, this team very special. When you look, you know, for that team, uh, what's your definition and what's your feeling looking, you know, from the players? Not only you, three, you guys, you know, from Holland, you, Frank Heike, Mark. Lombard, yeah, I know. I saw a picture of the, that team in us. We were, we were, you know, and also that, that, that came out of, it didn't, you know, when we came together, we, Milan was not as good at that time when we came together. Frank Rijkaard came a year after. The first year was from Boston and I. And what happened was that um, uh, I was always a happy, I was always a happy guy. I was always having fun and everything. In the beginning for the Italians, that was difficult because when we had pre- meal i was talking always always talking ha ah, laughing ah, ha, 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 laughing 
and the players of Milan, they were looking at me well, like, okay, looking at the coach. What is the coach going to say? This guy is all the time laughing. This guy is not serious. Then they saw me playing and I said, okay, leave. Okay, this guy is serious. And the good thing was that in the beginning, we didn't sit with each other, the Dutch guys. We sit with the Italians because first of all, I needed to learn the language. If you learn the language, you learn the culture. You understand the language and the customs and everything in order to adapt yourself to the Italians. And it, Italy is a fantastic country. It's everything has to do with beauty. All the Italians love beauty. They love nice cars, nice watches, nice food, nice women, nice, women, <laughs> nice weather. The Italians love everything what has to do with beauty, clothing, furniture, they all make it in Italy. Then the language is fantastic. They, we compare it a little bit as a Dutchman with the Brazilian comparison with how they speak Portuguese than the Portuguese in Portugal. It's a different way of, of, of you know, the, the Italians, they sing, you know, and, and the Brazilians, they do it the same. So therefore, for me, it was very much important to adapt myself to the Italians. And if they see your effort and so, they love it. They love, the Italians love you. So therefore, the Italians, they, they were very serious. And I remember we had a, a, a psychologist was called Bruno Di Michelis. And after my career, I met him. He was, uh, he was with Ancelotti at Chelsea. And I said to myself, how was it when the Dutch group? He says, Ruth, we didn't know what to do in the beginning. We said, what the hell do we have in our house here? And we left it <laughs> because they thought after a while, they said, look, maybe the Italians can learn a little bit of the, uh, you know, the laid back of the Dutch. And the, in the Dutch, learn something of the Italians. And it was true. We learned with all of things to be more serious. And the Italians learned from us to be a little bit more laid back and to enjoy what you were doing. So therefore, that combination was fantastic. And I came, of course, at the right moment eh, with, with Milan, uh, with all new players, also a lot of new players. So, you know, and, 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 and of course, fantastic uh, 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 owner with Berlusconi. So therefore, it was the right time at the right moment. And, and, and I loved Italy. Italy. Italy was, you know, was the Walhalla of football. It was where the best players were. Fantastic country, beautiful language, beautiful food. What else could I have more? But Milan was serious. Eh? Right. If you won Sunday, that was not enough. Eh? <laughs> you had to win the next Sunday. No compliments. Eh? No compliments whatsoever. All the time. Drilling all the time, next week, next week, next week, next week, the whole time. When we won the championship, nice, we are happy, now Champions League. So all the time, there was new goals every year. And the, 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 the good thing with that team was that they were hungry every year. There was never a moment that we said, oh, now we sit back, relax, and see what we want. No, it was always the next, the next trophy. And that is hard work. Yeah, it's the same with you and the Invincibles, Jiva. Yeah. That's how we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, people, the expectation is so high when I yeah. see some level. But the people, you know, if you drop a little bit, people yeah, hey, what's, what's wrong, you know, what's going on? Yeah. And, uh, but also the mentality of the players when you are there, you know, one learn from each other. 
yeah. in this, this process is so important because, for example, you were there, make a few jokes, you know, outside people, but when you are there, you will focus and you push somebody else, somebody push you, and uh, you, and then things work, you know, in the right way. Yeah. How was it for you as a Brazilian to come in England, to come in London? How was it in the beginning? Cold. Listen, it uh, was, uh, was something very, very, very interesting because um, I, I came to, to England, I was 25 years old after the, the World Cup in South Korea and Japan, went straight to Arsenal. And, uh, you know, coming out to Europe to, to play was something very special for all of us, you know. Yeah. Also, if you ask all the players, everyone wants to cross the ocean. Yes, yes, in Europe, of course. You know, you know and um, getting there, you know, uh, on that time, there was a lot of Brazilians playing in Italy and Spain, not yeah. much in England. No. I was just... Juninho. <laughs> yeah, Juninho. Edu and Silvino. Edu, yes, yes, Sheffield. Yeah, yes. Silvino was there, awesome. But just in the past, I think just a few other players. I think Mirandinha at Newcastle a long time ago. And uh, it was great. I have a, I had an opportunity to go to other places, but then I decided to go to, to Arsenal. But for me, as you said, it was important to learn the language. Yes. To, to communicate with people. To understand what Arsenal wants to tell me because I've heard uh, in the dressing room when I started the national team, uh, we got the players that uh, oh, players play in Japan or do they have like a translator guy? So what is that? I don't want to have somebody walk behind me, say things, you know. I want to learn because once I learn, I can talk to everyone. Yeah. And it was very important, but uh, it was great. The first two games was so fun. <laughs> but why? <laughs> Too fast? They smashed me. They smashed me. They, they killed me. <laughs> I was like uh, a, a small car and a truck car and hit me. You know, so hard, I could not get the ball stand up, stand by, and control it. Because in Brazil, I play in the middle because yes. of the hit as well. You get the ball, you have space to look at, look back and uh, try to make what's the best option. When I try to do this, I just boom. <laughs> I think the first five games was like this, you know, until the day that Austin came to me, because I was playing on the side and they just want to play full. You know, get the ball and play full. He came to me and told me, listen, uh, here the game is different, it's fast. Every time when you get the ball, stay in the position where you, you get the ball and turn your body. Or yes, that you can see. Yeah, you, can, you have to open yourself. Exactly. And since that day, I, I adapt quick, uh, quick, fast, you know, uh, to understand how I have to play, how I have to position myself uh, to have a better game. Because, yes. you know, I stayed, I had three days to recover after the game. <laughs> oh yeah, then you had to play again, eh? The guys were like you, bigger guys. You yes. know, very, very long, uh, long ball most of the time. You know, uh, different from us, you know, us, you know yes. they, uh, they, they try to play football. football. But most of the, the other teams, you know, uh, long ball, long ball. And for me, it was quite tough. You know, even though my size is not so bad, 
But uh, the first games, I, I suffer a lot. But anyway, how, how, did, how did you adapt yourself to the mentality? Because uh, had, in the beginning, it was funny. When I came to England, the, you know, there was the time that the English wanted to uh, get as quickly as possible back to the European elite. So they were, they were not as good. The teams were not as good. And in the beginning, you know, we, we had pre-meal. You had potatoes, gravy, <laughs> fat uh, uh, potatoes, uh, uh, French fries, Steak. all kinds of things. I was looking at it. I said, what the hell is this? You can't eat that before a game. Yeah, but you know, you and this Milan, this is different. This is England. And they have a drink. And, they, and I was like, what the hell is this? How can you change that? For me, that was really, uh, uh, you know, for me, uh, the worst thing to cope with. Like, okay, uh, you know, not as professional as I was used to. And, but in England, I must say, I had so much fun there playing football. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. In the stadiums, you know, if you have a ball on your, on, if you had the ball on your chest, boom, oh, yeah, and, you, and you take the ball, the crowd goes, yeah, <laughs> everything. In Italy, they were like, oh yeah, we see that every week. Who cares? So the appreciation in England was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this, you know, because, um, before I go to England, watch from TV, nice. But when you are there, the experience is fantastic. To have yeah. that grounds. And uh, our scene in this process, you know, was really important for me to help me out, uh, speaking to me, even though at the beginning it was hard to, to understand. Yeah. And he used Edu a lot to help me out with the translation. And yeah. in the end, I get, I understood not everything, but I knew exactly, you know, how to, I yeah. had to, to do things in order to adapt. And I, you know, you have to put in mind that you have to adapt and learn the culture, learn the language, yeah. and uh, find a way to, uh, you know, to to play the best football, the best of your game every every time. You know? Javante, yeah. Edith, Edith didn't always help you with the with the language, though, did he? Javante, really, what yeah. happened in your first game? Oh, let me see. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is this is crazy, really. Yeah. Let me tell this story. You know, I, I told it a few times, but it's always worth. Oh, it's new for me. I, I never get bored of hearing it. <laughs> um, I was, you know, after the preseason, um, when we were, you know, finishing our preseason, and the dude told me, "Oh, we're going to to have a game." I said, "Okay." Um, for me, it was just a game after the preseason. I was used to do it in Brazil, you know, after a preseason, you have a, a preparation game and yeah. Uh, yeah. Later you, you play the competition. And then we went to Wales and um, the game was against Liverpool and there uh, was a community shoot. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know what the community shoot. I, I was there on the bench that day and um, and then came on, the stadium was beautiful, you know, the stadium. Wembley, was Wembley? No, Cardiff, Millennium Stadium. Oh, Cardiff, Millennium Stadium, nice also. Yeah, it was full, the stadium was full, Arsenal, Liverpool, fans, you know, <laughs> crazy there. I, I, yeah, I was on the bench, and I just, you know, I was, oh, it's beautiful, you know? Just enjoy the moment. 
And then I came on and, uh, you know, I scored the goal, or the winning goal. Then after the game, everyone came to me and started to dance and celebrate. Yeah, we go champion, we go champion. I just, do. what's wrong? <laughs> Super Cup game. I didn't know that, you know, this is... <laughs> was a preseason game, friendly. Yeah, it's important game against Liverpool. It's a Super Cup game, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> He explained. But maybe it was better that you didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was much better because I just was there enjoying, you know, the first experience. But, uh, you know, the experience like yourself, you know, Nina was fantastic. You know, I yeah. really loved the first until the last day I played football there, you know, the people. And how was it for you also the first time that you play in the stadium that there are no fences? The crowd is just there. That's no, strange, eh? That is something yeah. that you're not used to. Yeah, 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 no. You know, it's, when you are there, sometimes, you know, even though, for example, the experience here in Brazil, sometimes you have a big crowd, sometimes you don't have a big crowd, you know? I grew up like this. It's not like in England, every yeah. day. But, uh, you know, the only, sometimes, you know, it's hard not to think about the game. Because once you release the pressure of the game, you know, because in order to be mentally strong, to just perform properly, you know, first game, I cannot miss these shots. I cannot miss <laughs> you know, maybe this can be the last opportunity, you know. You have this pressure. Imagine for me, uh, coming from, you know, after almost miss our football, and then you come, come back to, to the game, and then your first opportunity you have, you know, it's like... Uh, for me, it's like it's a fight fighting for the plate of school. Yes. Basically. Because it's uh, when we appreciate a lot of family in these opportunities, as you mentioned as well. Yeah. And for me, uh, being in this position is not play only for me, play for my family, yeah. For my, yeah. my hometown, represent them, but especially for the family. Because when you are there, you just think, I have to do well. I want to do well because I want to help my family. I want the best for them to make them proud. This is now this, when you have this in your mind, this is, you forget about everything outside. And this I ask you I, also, did you, did you bring your mother also to London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came from How, time, was, how was it for her? Well, it was a great experience. Uh, I brought her, my sisters, my three sisters, and my my. My father as well. My father is very hard because he don't like to, to travel around. He wants to be there. <laughs> I brought them uh, a few times, but they didn't like much. You know? you know, I brought them for Christmas. Not a good time. No, it's but, too cold. It's too cold yeah. for them. But yeah, did they but like the experience in the, in the, in the stand? The, the game no, itself? It, yeah, but they had this experience, you know, and uh, it was great. They really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to be there and uh, see uh, in a different country, get to know a little bit of the city. It was hard for me because I could not walk around to them very, very no. often. But I, I, I got uh, somebody to help them out and uh, on a few occasions just went to central London. It was too cold for them, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of, uh, lot of clothes for them. <laughs> <laughs> But in the end, you know, they, you know, the, the good thing about family in this occasion, because it was something new for them, they didn't yeah. care. 
that's what enjoy yeah. being close to me and uh, enjoy the moments. I think this ah. is, is now is, is great. I, but my friend, uh, just you know, few questions. Just to let you go. Um, your experience for play for Holland, representing Holland. Michelle, Holland uh, is fantastic. Um, you know, for, to play for your national team, uh, I think is the, the, the best thing that can happen to any football player. To win something with the national team is even the, the, the best thing because you can win with your team, with uh, Arsenal, with Milan, that's great. But to win for your country, that's the pinnacle. And so to win with Holland in 88, after being so many times in the final, finally win something was was something important because I think that Holland left in international football a really good mark. You know, everybody knows the oranges. They all know how we interpreted the football. And uh, and so therefore it is it was an it was a great honor for me to play for, for Holland. Um, it was difficult also because we had a generation of 74, 78 was good. And then after was coming a generation who was had difficulties to do the same thing. So in that in that period, I came as a youngster. So we missed two tournaments because of that. And then later we qualified for the Euros and we won it. And that was that was the best thing that could ever happen. I, I, you know, you know, when you come to the World Cup, you come back to uh, to Brazil. Come on, it's it's, it's it's a fantastic feeling. You will. You will always be in the hearts of all the all the fans, and uh, it, you know, in, in, and also you as a person, it makes you pride, and, and to be, to to do something for your country. I had later on, I've been knighted. I have a medal for from the king and the of the queen in those days. Now we have a king, but in those days it was a queen. So that was for me an unbelievable honor to be knighted. Or, not knighted, but it's something like MBO, MBE, whatever. So that's that's what I have. I'm very proud of that. And uh, so therefore it was for me a privilege to play for. What did you, um, so one of my favorite goals ever is obviously that Marco Van Basten goal. Where oh, were you Marco. on the pitch? Where were Marco. you on the pitch? And what did you see of it? What can you remember about that goal? Because you were on the pitch. I remember that, I remember I was getting, uh, when the pass was given, I was was going over me. I knew I had to take a position in front of the goal. So when the ball goes over, I knew that, okay, now I have to take position in front of the goal in order when he crosses it back, <laughs> I can tap it. And then he did something that nobody expected. Look, even Marco, he can do it another million times. It will never happen again. But on that moment, he did something, you know, that that will be for us forever in our minds yeah. is that goal to, to score in the final. Yeah, that was that was the icing icing on the cake. You still, still a bit pissed off we didn't cross it. No, no. <laughs> he has to do it. He was informed. <laughs> he was fantastic for us, and uh, and so therefore we I am very proud of the fact that uh, we did it. You know, score in the final is always nice. Yeah, and uh, and, and Marco with that goal is, is you know it's, it's the best thing, and and everybody sees that goal all the time, and that's that that's a good thing. So we, I'm very, very happy about that. Oh, that's good. My friend, what you miss most in football? The locker room. 
the the jokes in the locker room, the preparation for an important game, the walk through the corridor to go on the pitch, that moment, that feeling when you go out of it, that is what I miss the most. The banter between the players, to that's what you miss. Yeah. What's sometimes when you go in the locker room, sometimes you have that smell of the locker room. You know it, and then comes memories in your mind, like oh. That was, yeah, for me, that is that is something that you miss the most. Not the training, not the training session. <laughs> I don't, no, don't miss that. What was the best joke you saw someone play on someone in the locker room? Uh, locker room, uh, what happened once was uh, there was a guy who was, uh, uh, how do you say that? He was bragging about the fact that he bought a new car, a new BMW, he bought it. But uh, new convertible, whatever, and uh, the the car was not coming. Everybody said, "With the car, yeah, you know, I have a delay and blah blah blah." And oh, my car! So it would be beautiful, blah blah. So eventually, the car came. The guy was showing it to everybody. The car, and uh, we had training session. Two guys went off training session early because there was a little bit injury. They wanted to have some treatment. So they went to his car and in the gearbox, there was a little hatch, okay? They took the hatch off. They put a herring in there. Oh. Then they closed it down. <laughs> herring, do you know, a herring is a really smelly fish. It's a smelly fish, yeah. <laughs> they put it in there. So this guy was, after a while, was smelling this stink in his car. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get rid they were going back to the shop they couldn't find where the smell was from where was that um. <laughs> so this guy was traveling in his smelly car Oh, it was so funny, you know, this guy, you know, everybody you was know, laughing so much. Yeah. Where was this? Was this a chance? I don't tell you. No, I'm not going to no. tell you. Also, yeah. what happened also, it was also funny, they did, uh, you know, the Tiger Balsam? Tiger Balsam? Yeah, Tiger Balsam, yeah. Yeah, but you had also the transparent one. You had the, 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 the red one, you had also the transparent Vaseline. Yeah, and they put it in somebody's somebody's underwear a little bit. <laughs> so he puts his underwear on, and he goes first. He goes sitting like like ah, <laughs> he starts to scratch, and then starts to burn. <laughs> but the, the fun before is more fun. Tears in your eyes, you know this. You know he was so mad. <laughs> Oh my God, all these jokes. And the thing is, that is the thing you miss because most of the time you have to be careful all the time in the locker room if something happened with you, you know? Yeah, there were yeah. players, players, when they have new stuff, new clothes, beautiful clothes, they go uh, have training and then people just, with the scissors, <laughs> they take their trousers. <laughs> yeah. And they just chop off the trousers. 
Oh, all these kind of things. And this guy go crazy. What are you doing with my trousers? Oh, all these jokes. Oh, my God. It was endless. So there's always something. You have to be careful when you are in the locker room. What happens to your stuff when you put it on? So that that is the banta yeah. that you that you miss most. But did the guy ever find out that it was a fish, or have you just exposed and told him the reason? No, no, they didn't find out because they didn't know where it was. They, it was stank like like hell in the in the car. He imagine with the heat, car. with the heat, the more warm it comes, the rot the fish was stinking in his car. Oh my god! I had to sell the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to sell the car, but you can't sell the car. Yeah, Nobody wants fish. the car. Who was the fun? The, the car. Oh my god. So these are the fun. These are the things. It's horrible, of course, you know. But you know, the worst part is what don't people don't understand. If you get mad, if they make a joke, that's even worse. Don't get mad because if you get mad, it's going to get worse. Yeah. You have to laugh about it. You have to take a banter. You accept it. And everything, and then you wait for a moment that you can do the same thing with you know. It's the same. They did it also with uh, with Rossi, uh, Sebastian Rossi, a goalkeeper from Milan. He was always very aggressive with the youngsters and things like that. And he was a he was a, a fisherman. He loved to fish. So il pescatore, they call him. il pescatores, always always fishing. So one time they put in his bed a huge fish in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he comes in his bed and the, the fish stinks in his bed. Oh my god. We were laughing because everybody was in the room and then he only heard Monkey Katsu request. And a big fish, a huge fish was in his bed. Oh my god. All these kind of things <laughs> that makes you laugh. And yeah, that is what happens in the locker room. I miss these kind of things. And, you know, yeah. we can't go back. But that is the thing that I miss the most. Nice. Now, I'm sure you, you myself, you know, miss a lot of these, these jokes. <laughs> also, you know, football and football fans really miss you as well. As Thank you very much. Great play. You were a great legend. You know, and but it's a good thing is that we can... Sometimes be relieved with the, the old videos where we can, we can see other things. And um, we do miss you and to see you, but uh, I have a great pleasure to you know, be a Nicole as your friend. Oh, yes, we are. And, yeah. and of course, when this COVID is over, we're going to see each other again. Huh? We have to. Okay. It's a great pleasure. I want to thank you very much, my friends. Uh, You're welcome. Last chats, last conversation. You know, we could stay a lot. You know, oh, lot. yeah, we could stay oh. for a lot of hours. But, uh, you know, leave for another opportunity. Thank you very much for your kindness, for your time. And I wish you all the best this time. You know, stay safe, you and all your family. You also, and with your family, stay safe, okay? And hope that everything will go okay. You with your family, with your friends and everything. And uh, hopefully we see each other very, very soon. Okay? Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. You. All the Good best. Pleasure. God bless you. <laughs> Goodbye.